Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have with us today, Deborah Dupree. Deborah is a mindset doc, a trainer, a, a keynote speaker, um, dispute, helps people resolve disputes, and works a lot with folks in our field to help them be as successful as they want to be. Deborah, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Very, very well. Thank you so much for having me, Gary. I really appreciate it. Well, Deborah, we're thrilled to have you. Um, Deborah, tell me a little bit about your professional journey and how you got to where you are today. Well, you know that's always a great question for anybody to ask, and uh, people are anxious to hear the, you know, share their stories and also hear other people's stories. And so, I actually do start off by saying, you know, I got my start because of my family upbringing. Uh, I grew up in a, a large family on the younger end of nine, and uh, I, you know, back then we were told to be seen and not heard. So I didn't have a voice. I didn't know how to express myself, and uh, and then not only that, but I grew up in a family-owned business, so I saw leadership at its finest and at its worst in terms of uh, in, in partners engaging and then also how they dealt with um, employees, uh, great with customers, but not so much internally. And so from that, I just found this fascination of human dynamics and set off to uh, pursue the study of people, uh, humankind, and uh, psychology has been my, my, uh, my focus, my passion um, ever since. And I continue to learn and grow and and uh, try to spread what I learn about the neuroscience of the human brain and how it influences how we think and how we feel. Tell me what human dynamics means. Well, it's really the the interplay of of people from different walks of life, whether it be culturally, generationally, uh, professionally, um, you know, heritage, etc. And uh, it's really how different people come together in how they communicate and how they approach problem solving and uh, both at work and at home. Uh, you know, differences can naturally lead to conflict and um, many people have a fear of conflict and yet uh, conflict can actually present many positive opportunities if managed appropriately. It's when conflict isn't managed or avoided um, that things tend to escalate and uh, impasse usually sets in. We have polarized thinking and uh, it gets into biases and distorted thinking and all kinds of things that if we just simply understand some basic layers of human dynamics, uh, we can really go a long way in redirecting how people engage and particularly as professionals in lawyering, mediation, doctors, you know, of various kinds, um, you know, people who, you know, the business of, of dealing with people comes into play. And many of us don't understand until we spend some time looking at those 
those deeper depths. And you don't, I'd like to say you don't have to be a psychologist to know some basics about human behavior, um, but we can put, put into play some simple techniques that really can help us redirect the, the human dynamic. You know, it's very true about conflict. If we squelch it and keep it inside, usually the wall gets bigger, the resentment mm -hmm. gets deeper and the problem just worsens. But often um, an open conversation where we really listen to each other, we can resolve that conflict, grow closer together and, and find a solution to a problem we both you know, may be troubled with. What are some of those um, common techniques that we lay people, not trained psychologists, can utilize to improve the connections and relationships in our life? Well, thanks for asking, because you know, over the years, I have developed uh, a number of techniques um, that are actually pretty simple. And one of the things that I like to start off for sort of a, an overlay is about how to transform those challenging confrontations that we oftentimes dread and fear into learning conversations. And so I like to use the metaphor of an iceberg. OK, and so the tip of the iceberg is what we see above the waterline. And, and yet, um, that's where we tend to react to one another by what's what we see, you know, facial expressions, body language, and so forth. What we hear, not just the words, but the tone, the volume, and inflection, and then the words. And we, you know, it's part of our basic drive to survive that we start reacting physiologically um, throughout our body as well as our brain before we even make sense of what's being said. And so it starts off by having a self-awareness um, and, and then also some techniques to, to self-manage. So it all starts with me, it starts with you, it starts with each and every one of our, our viewers and listeners out there. Uh, but when I go back to the iceberg, you know, we react above the iceberg um, or the tip of the iceberg. And that's only, a, you know, about a third of the true iceberg. Instead, we seldom take the time or um, apply our skills to go below the waterline into that deeper, bigger part, you know, where we can explore our beliefs, our expectations, um, our attitudes or assumptions, our concerns or challenges, our hopes, our fears, our values, our needs. We don't oftentimes have those kinds of conversations. And uh, many times we don't know how to have those conversations. And so it's just recognizing that, you know, not to be put off, not to be stopped, by what somebody says or how they show up, but instead say, hmm, what can I learn from you by taking this conversation to another level? And that's where, uh, again, that mindfulness uh, starts off. And I'd like to share what um, one of my own podcast guests said recently, is that mindfulness is not just about me feeling better or you feeling better. It's about getting better at sensing where others are coming from. And so that goes back into that whole emotional intelligence piece of self-awareness, self-management, but then other awareness and then relationship management. And so it's it's that mindset first to pause and just say, okay, where's this person coming from? What can I learn from this person? And then it's the art of asking powerful questions. And uh, so it's first pausing, um, briefly reflecting and just say, hmm, what's going on here? What's going on for me? What's going on for the other person? And then using the art of open-ended questions, uh, the most powerful start with what? Well, what's that mean to you? Um, what's of importance to you? 
uh, how are you impacted? Then that's the second question, uh, how. How are you impacted? And I'm not talking about how, what are you thinking, what are you feeling, but how does the situation impact you? What's going on for you? What's important to you? And that way we are getting below the waterline into that deeper sense of self. And from that, um, uh, ideas, insights, um, opportunities for resolution start to emerge. And that's the, the art of framing the conversation. And that's what we as mediators do, is frame the conversation to allow people to express uh, what's important to them, um, how they're impacted, and then create possibilities for um, effective resolution for both sides of the party, um, both sides of the equation. Yeah, I, I'm a trained mediator too, and I've done a lot mm -hmm. of that in my life. And it, it um, to some extent, is not so hard to be a mediator because I'm just passionate. I, I'm interested in seeing a resolution, but my feelings aren't involved. But we lawyers often find a lot of situations of conflict. Some of it might be at our office where someone is rude or short with us, or some of it might be in a matter with another attorney. But let's see if I can understand the part about the iceberg. So someone, say in my office, says something kind of nasty to me and unfair. Mm -hmm. Instead of my reacting to that, like, what the heck is your problem? Mm -hmm. um, I should realize... Well, there's something else maybe going on here than whatever reveals itself to me from that comment. And the, the iceberg piece is me kind of, instead of reacting, stepping back, being a bit reflective, being a bit mindful, and then asking, you know, tell me what's going on with that. You know, tell me what, why that upset you. That that kind of a thing, is that is that a good kind of analogy of, of how it might affect us in our daily work life? Yeah, Gary, you know, it really is about, you know, so often we take things personally. And, you know, as I like to say, when people behave poorly, it oftentimes has nothing to do with us. We just happen to be in, in their presence and sometimes the target of their outburst. But it really isn't about us. It's about them, what's going on for them. And it really reflects their inability to manage themselves in their moment. And so it's, it's it's really important. That's where that that pause and that brief moment of reflection is that, whoa, okay, that feels very targeted towards me, but is it really about me? You know, did I do something that provoked this? And maybe I did, but at the same time, it still goes back to our self-management um, for that other person as well as us. And so even saying is like, whoa, that was a zinger. Help me understand what's going on. Um, you know, that sort of sets me off and that's not going to bode well for a good working relationship today. And it gives the other person a moment to pause and reflect now. So it's creating those small spaces that we can actually, ooh, you know, get out of the reactive part of our brain um, and, uh, and, and help us get back into the cognitive part of our brain. And I'm not going to go into the whole neuroscience and the structure of the brain right now, but um, it, it, it really does it's back to basics of how our brain is structured and the, the neuronal pathways we go through that send thoughts and emotions and getting to a place in the brain where we can actually process uh, the cognitive. And that's what lawyers are so good at. You know, um, that's why I love working with attorneys. I love their the analytical training that they've gone through. Uh, but too often, unfortunately, 
um, you know, there's a tendency to apply that analytical thinking to all aspects of life. And we need to stop, you know, step back and reflect and pause. And again, that mindfulness, um, what's going on for me, what's going on for the other person and create that space to take a different direction. And that's really what we want to do is use those pauses to redirect the heat of the moment or the intensity of the moment. And that's true for us interpersonally, one-on-one. It's also true for what we do in um, a mediation, whether we're an advocate or a mediator, but to help redirect that. Well said. You know, we lawyers um, are trained to argue, mm-hmm. and we do tend to be a bit reactive. We tend to want to overspeak the other person when they're making their argument to us or whatever. And and yet we do know how to ask open-ended questions. That's what we do at depositions mm-hmm. all, all day. Mm-hmm. So if we could apply that skill here and really listen, we could learn a lot. Do you work with lawyers today? And what kind of services do you provide to attorneys? Well, thank you for asking. Um, yes, I do. Um, what I found, and I'll just briefly go back a second. <clears throat> when I first started in mediation, it was way back in the early 90s. And uh, back then, you hardly saw an attorney trained in mediation. And I, I later became a trainer of professionals throughout the United States and Canada. Um, and, and that's where we started seeing a growth of attorneys entering into mediation, oftentimes, quite honestly, burned out, burned out from the intensity of litigation and wanting a different way to serve people. Um, what I do find um, as I've worked with attorneys is that there usually is a, a deep passion for wanting to help people. And yet when they get into the field of law, they find out it's not really what they thought it was cracked up to be. And, uh, and I, I've worked with some highly successful litigators that you know, finally just got to a point and said, this is not what I meant to do. And so as I've um, progressed through my career, not only being a mediator for, for um, uh, parties in conflict, but also uh, coaching and guiding attorneys in strategies and how to redirect, particularly people in, in, in intense emotion and conflict. Um, that's one area that attorneys are not oftentimes trained with is that, you know, people in disputes are, have emotions. And uh, in, from a psychology perspective, emotions precede all cognitions. And so uh, many, you know, many attorneys will admit that they are, you know, somewhat fearful of dealing with those emotional intensities that can surface and how to deal with that. Too often there's a focus on getting to the facts of the case without um, addressing the underlying emotional needs. And so that's what I help bring to the table in terms of you know how to how to approach people with in in those intense emotional moments, provide some strategies, some structure, uh, so that they're still in, in quite honestly in control of the process, uh, but they're allowing those emotions to come out in effective and productive ways. And so I do a lot of training um, with different uh, uh, lawyering uh, and mediation associations, um, providing techniques and strategies, thinking and uh, particularly uh, advanced strategies for the, the advocate to mediator. Um, and uh, you know they've got the basics of mediation down or how to support their clients in mediation. Uh, but again, how do you, how do you redirect uh, effectively, artfully and skillfully? And so uh, you know, I provide one-on-one coaching, I provide training and, um, and provide consultation to um, legal and mediation groups on, on how to approach different situations or consult on different situations. I think um, I've seen from the mediations I've handled how letting a person voice their emotions is often a huge step in itself in resolving the conflict. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think are some of the biggest problems you've seen that lawyers face today? Well, um, there are many. Okay, uh, I think you know many people from all walks of, of life are are facing challenges. You know, we've gone through tremendous upheaval in terms of how we think and how we work, how we live, and um, and so there's a lot of transition going on right now, and yet people are even more eager today uh, than than before I think just to seek resolution of some of their differences in more peaceful ways and um, and I see this as a huge opportunity um, you know they oftentimes talk about mediation Gary as being the alternative dispute resolution process and yet you know if you think about um, having taught law school and, and looking at the continuum of of you know tools and methods for resolving disputes, it's a continuum. And uh, litigation is oftentimes thought of as the first and foremost uh, approach to resolving disputes, but it's actually the, the um, it's only one of several. And it that's better, where- It would be better if litigation was the alternative. Exactly. To exactly. perhaps a, a mediation that didn't quite work yet, you know? Exactly, of exactly. Vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so, um, uh, and so it really is, uh, you know, shifting the mindset of, um, uh, uh, you know, the general public as well, as far as the, uh, the various methods available for dispute resolution. I'll share with you that in, um, uh, I've, I've worked internationally for quite a, quite a long time. And so I, I'm well familiar that even back in the early 2000s, Australia uh, changed uh, their thinking about dispute resolution and mediation was considered the primary dispute resolution, PDR, not ADR, the way it's been known. I like that. I like that. Because we attorneys not only have a lot of disputes in our practice between me and the opposing attorney in a case, but often they happen in a firm and it creates a lot of stress. It might be a workplace issue or it might be a financial issue of how we divide up the pie or... (laughs) Uh, someone's leaving a firm to go somewhere else and resolving the issues connected with that. I know you're a mindset doc. A big part of what you do is help people with their mindset. For the lawyer who is listening today, who who's at his desk, who feels stuck and frustrated and overwhelmed, what suggestions do you have for him or her? Yes. Well, you know, uh, People might chuckle as they hear this because it's it's so it's so basic it's so simple and yet it's what we do already and I would suggest you know if you're you're feeling that sort of overwhelm and you know your head feels heavy you know your 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 shoulders feel tight your your chest is 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 um uh, tight as well is just to sit back in your chair and actually breathe deeply four or five times. And I know that sounds crazy, but uh, we already breathe, but we oftentimes don't breathe in ways that really help our physiology of both our bodies as well as our brains. Um, I like to talk about the brain as being an organ just like anything else. And we've got a whole lot of stuff going on in our brain physiologically. Uh, Our brain just happens to house our human mind. And so by breathing deeply, what we create is we create that space where we just, uh, and what we do when we're breathing deeply into the nose, out through the mouth, is that we actually do slow down the brainwave um, activity. We actually expand the chest 
then we slow down our heart rate. So breathing deeply right there redirects the physiology of those key elements that can cause us to become anxious, to feel overwhelmed, uh, to feel stressed. And getting into the practice, I have what I call the four by six breathing technique. And I have a short video on my YouTube channel uh, that depicts this further. But it really is about getting to the practice of breathing deeply regularly throughout the day. I like to call it my uh, my internal mini massage because I am relaxing the brain. I am expanding the chest and I am slowing down my heart. And we know uh, that, you know, ongoing stress and, and poor self-management, you know, can lead to hypertension, high blood pressure, um, you know, the, the propensity for panic attacks, you know, gastrointestinal disorders. All of that does have, um, you know, it's, it's um, predecessors in stress management. And so by learning to breathe deeply uh, on a regular basis is huge in terms of our overall mental health and physical health. And so the four by six is before you even get out of bed in the morning, you know, just lie there and take four deep breaths. And you'd be amazed even after the second breath, you can usually start to feel your brain relax a little bit and your heart rate slow down. And so to continue doing that. And then I recommend doing the same thing when you crawl back into bed at night is again, breathing deeply four times. And again, it slows down the heart rate, slows down the brainwave activity, expands your chest, and puts you into a state of relaxation, making it easier to fall asleep and stay asleep. But then I recommend um, our bodies, our, our bodies love routine. And so, um, you know, setting a reminder at nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, four times throughout the day, again, you're, you're inducing that little mini massage of our internal organs. And, um, uh, and it's amazing. I'm, uh, I have clients who many times will say, you know, I may not do it six times a day, but I'm so amazed at how I feel and what a difference that has made. And then particularly if you're going to get, you know, going into a stressful meeting or maybe a, an exchange with the part the managing partner, you know, or a difficult client, go ahead and take an opportunity to breathe deeply. And, and guess what? You can do it while you walk down the hall. You can do it while you're driving in your car because you do it already. It's just shifting the way you do it so that it becomes more effective for you internally, interpersonally, and therefore in your relationship relationship management. That's really helpful. I, I'm an avid golfer and um, sometimes there are certain shots or times in a match where I feel very, very stressed. And, mm -hmm. and when I do, I can feel my heart beating faster um, the tempo of a swing is very important to maintain. You get too quick, you, you, everything gets off sync. And so I've learned that if I take a deep breath, not four, so I have to work on four, it helps <laughs> with that. But that's a good, that's something I'm going to start, a tool I'm going to start utilizing every day, Deborah. Well, great. I'm glad to hear that. You know, um, uh, Gary, I'll share with you, this goes back uh, quite a few years, maybe the early 2000s. And I, I actually had the opportunity to work with the Southern District Um uh, Superior Court of California. And uh, part of the work was working with all the judges involved. And they were talking about, um, uh, you know, I met each one individually, but there was a there was a, a, a frequent theme uh, of concern for them. One is the prolonged sitting that they were would encounter, you know, being on the bench, but then also the stress of the cases that they dealt with time in and time out. I said, well, I, you know, after getting to know a few of them, particularly the presiding judge, I, I said, well, who's in charge of the courtroom? Well, I am. 
and the judge. Well, then why don't you do something for yourself as well as everybody else in the courtroom? And so I, you know, basically train them to, you know, to every so often, let everybody just stand up, take a deep breath, and let's sit back down. And um, and the feedback I got was, wow, what, what a difference that made in changing the dynamic of the courtroom. And again, it was not only for the judges, but for all the parties involved. And so, um, again, that deep breathing. And sometimes just standing up and, and oh, you know, um, and I do this a lot in my trainings is I'll get people to stand up at, after sitting for a little bit and just say, and then you can just hear the audible sighs. Oh, gosh. And I said, yeah, it feels good to, re- you know, stretch and relax. And, and I said, why don't we do that more often? You know, these simple little techniques, you know, again, when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling overwhelmed, oh, feeling overworked, just changing our bodily position and taking a few deep breaths makes a huge difference. Oh, it, it is certainly very simple and very easy for us to apply. And, and, you know, some of us get so busy and we are at our desk and we're under stress and we may scoff and think, oh, breathing, but I bet I'm going to start trying it six times a day, as you suggested. And, and I'd urge each of you to try it. What do you heck do you have to, what do you heck do you have to lose? And I'll bet you find, as Deborah said, you feel much better if you give mm-hmm. that a try. Deborah, what do you find most fulfilling professionally? Um, I'm sorry, Gary, repeat your question again. What do you find most fulfilling professionally Um, in what you do? What fulfills you the most? Well, well, you know, I have to admit, and it's been with me for a long time. um, uh, You know, I just really have a passion for helping people move through difficult times. Um, You know, the, the relief that people feel um, is it's just so encouraging to me. And when, I mean, when I'm working, I'm actually, I have been and still am working with a, a somewhat young attorney. And when she came into me a few months ago, she was so anxious. It was, it was challenging to work with her because she was so highly anxious. Um, just in her whole physical demeanor, the way she spoke, it was just like a, a machine gun rattling off. And, um, uh, you know, and so working with her with some of the same techniques that we've talked about today, um, uh, helping her look at things differently, just shifting the mindset, shifting the perspective, and uh, and she'll oftentimes tell me she goes, you know, I, you know, I, I find myself in this stressful situation, and it's like, what would Dr. Deborah say to me right now? And so she's learning to apply, you know, um, you know, the thought process in, in looking at challenging situations differently. So she's able to do better in managing her day-to-day life. And to see her today, I mean, she is just so much more relaxed and, um, you know, and her, her speech pattern is slower. She feels so much better. Um, and so, you know, I find that so fulfilling when I can help people sort of get back in charge of their lives. I mean, so oftentimes we feel stuck, you know, that, you know, not necessarily the victim mentality, but we can feel stuck saying, oh my God, I can't do anything to change this. And the reality is, is that, you know, we oftentimes look for big change, uh, but but actually small things can produce big time, long-term change, but it's small stuff. And that's what I try to bring to people. And I just find that so satisfying when I can see people feel back in charge of their lives and living healthier, happier, and, um, uh, you know, just more passionately. I think it's a wonderful perspective to look at, at, you know, a conflict 
uh, as as a possible area for growth and really building unity between people, uh, an opportunity for understanding. Mm -hmm. And so often we have those conflicts every day of different kinds uh, with all kinds of people, and 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 they they can bother us if we let them. But if we look mm -hmm. at them as this is an opportunity to learn more about that person, learn what their concerns are, and and see if maybe we have a common ground and coming up with a solution can really be very freeing. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking of another conflict I've been working with and, uh, you know, it's within a religious organization, so it's even more interesting in that regard. But, um, and, you know, we all have differences and, uh, you know, we have different thoughts and ideas about how to approach things. And too often we make people out to be um, right or wrong in their approaches rather than just saying it's a different approach. And so, um, unfortunately, uh, the two um, have become we're already in, unfortunately, there was a lack of leadership because of a, a transition in the um, pastor position. And so things were not really well attended and they were left to, to sort of better on their own. And they become quite polarized. And unfortunately, it's created some polarization now within the church. And and, uh, and that's been a disappointing experience. I've, um, it's almost like too many cooks in the kitchen. And uh, it's been difficult to sort of separate that out and try to restore the relationship. But if we can create that climate where, you know, it's it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's not about being positional. Uh, instead, it's about different perspectives. And so I, I have another uh, activity that I do in addition to the four by six called the 360 degree perspective. And uh, so there's a short video on my YouTube channel on that too, but it really is, you know, whatever the issue is, we all have a different way of looking at it. And so rather than arguing over it, and that's for the court, you know, in, in a litigation situation, but in most most of life and particularly in mediation, it's not about finding out who's right and who's wrong. It's about finding a mutual solution. And so if we can have learning conversations, again, transforming those challenging confrontations into learning conversations, what can I learn from you? in terms of how you see this. Um, what do you know that maybe I don't know? What do I know that you don't know? And again, have a learning conversation about that. So and out of that learning conversation can um, can emerge opportunities for resolution. And so it's, again, shifting the mindset, it really is. Well, well said. My primary field of practice is family law, and that's a very emotional arena. Our, our clients mm -hmm. are often usually very, very emotional, hurt, angry, victimized, worried, fearful, and sometimes the lawyers adapt, adopt that um, emotional set mindset of their of their clients, sometimes not. But I always think a lot of it is understanding the other party, giving them a chance to be heard, and seeing what common grounds there are, kind of moving past what happened in the past and moving towards the future. Where do we want to get to? What's, what solution might work for you that will also work for my client? And really, we can find solutions together. Um, you know, Deborah, we talked a lot about ways to, to feel more free in our daily life. And, and I call this podcast The Free Lawyer, because to me, it's all about how we can create a sense of personal freedom in our life. What does true personal freedom mean to you, Deborah? Well, Gary, that's a deep question. Uh, I guess, um, you know, I've just I've had an opportunity to have that kind of conversation recently in some other venues too, in the sense of um, really creating creating opportunities and also um, 
uh, aligning yourself with people who, not that we have to have shared ideology, but that um, we can support each other's mindsets in ways that are supportive, um, uh, caring, and um, and as I like say, uh, energizing as well. And so, you know, I, I feel I've created a life of where um, I can choose my opportunities. Uh, I work with wonderful people uh, like you, and we've, we've gotten to know each other, and you've been on my podcast. And um, in just in that learning, living, growing mindset, um, if anybody ever feels that, oh, I already know that, it's like there's always something new to be learned. And so um, for me, it's always having that opportunity to learn and, and to gain perspective and um, grow from my engagement, my interactions with others. And, you know, going back a second, I uh, sometimes some of my more difficult mediations are not the people in conflict, but the um, advocates in conflict. And, uh, and again, being mindful of uh, remembering when the litigation skills are for the courtroom and not for the mediation room. And, uh, and, and I, I see a lot of Unfortunately, having been married to two uh, uh, myself and working with lawyers all my life, um, you know, I, I, I see lawyers getting very stuck um, in that persona, being a, a litigator, um, a strong advocate, and not feeling free. And, um, and again, being able to step back and be reflective and who am I, what am I about, what's important to me? And am I living my life in a way that represents, am I aligned? And so that's, you know, when I talk about, you know, my own personal freedom, uh, it's really being in alignment. And that's taken a long time to get there. And uh, and it, it's a work in progress, shall we say. You know, we we attorneys, I'll speak for, for me personally. Um, I always want to be right. I, I think I'm always right. I think I'm pretty smart. But a <laughs> saying I like to apply in my life is, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? That yeah. sometimes when there's a maybe a personal conflict with a, my spouse or a, a, an adult child, do I want to be right or do I want to be do I want to be happy? Because sometimes mm -hmm. we can attempt to impose our will on someone else to prove our point when it's much better to to listen and and hear them than try to impose our will. Deborah, you've had some amazing thoughts and insights today. I really really appreciate your joining us. Um, for our listeners who like to get in touch with you and learn more about you. And, and what you do and how you help and serve people. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. Um, well, there, there are two primary ways. And first of all, um, uh, I love to connect with people on LinkedIn. And I actually have a, 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 a group called the Agile Lawyer Mediator, uh, you know, being agile enough to pivot and to be open to different perspectives. And so share special insights and opportunities there. Uh, so Dr. Deborah Dupree uh, on LinkedIn. But also visit my website. Um, I have programs uh, for for um, uh, lawyers, mediators, as well as leaders in all walks of life, and uh, and that website is um, uh, relationships hyphen at hyphen work .com. So relationships hyphen at hyphen work .com. and I encourage you to visit me there. And there's a contact contact us uh, button that you can click on. Right. And uh, yes, so please reach out. I'll put that in the show notes for all the listeners. Deborah, thank you so much for coming with us today. You're a real joy to have on. Thank you so much, Gary. Best wishes to you. And for all of our listeners out there, as always, please be well, be safe, and be free. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www.garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you, your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.